Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. It's February, and that means it's stretch run time for Michigan basketball. This week, we're on the road in Evanston and then Madison on the weekend, a place where we haven't been able to win a game in a long time. Joining us in just a minute will be beat writer Brendan Quinn from the Athletic Detroit to talk Michigan hoops. First, a few news and notes to get us started. National Signing Day is on Wednesday, and as you've probably noticed, it's not surrounded by the same hoopla and excitement now that guys can sign in December. Still, there are some big names out there we're still in on. Otis Reese from Georgia being one of those names. He looks like a Georgia lean right now, but we won't know for sure until Wednesday. Sunday night quarterback Kevin Doyle decommitted from Michigan. A lot of folks saw this one coming. When he didn't sign in December, a lot of recruiting analysts said he was having second thoughts. Things have changed since he first committed. Joe Milton came on board. Shea Patterson is awaiting NCAA clearance. And of course, we also have Dylan McCaffrey and Brandon Peters. It is a crowded quarterback room, and he obviously decided his chances to see the field would be better elsewhere. He has offers from Michigan State, Nebraska, and Central Florida, among others. Next week, we'll wrap up the class of 2018 and start looking ahead to 2019. Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports will join us on our monthly recruiting update. Coach John Beeline and his team have six games left in the regular season. Four of those six are on the road. An NCAA bid looks good right now, but we have to finish strong. And there is a lot this team needs to improve on if we are going to make it to the big dance. Beat writer Brendan Quinn from The Athletic Detroit joins us next with his thoughts here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Back with us on our game day segment to talk Michigan hoops is Brendan Quinn from The Athletic Detroit. Always great to have you with us, Brendan. Mike, it is always my pleasure. Thank you. And Brendan is extra happy as we record this morning because it's the day after (laughs) the Super Bowl. And uh, his Philadelphia Eagles took down Tom Brady and those New England Patriots. What a great game it was. I'm sure every uh, Eagles fan is still hung over and happy. (laughs) Yes. Yes, those would be the two primary uh descriptions it's funny uh on the way right before i got on with you mike um i put on the local sports talk station in philadelphia um in the car and literally the first three words i heard from someone just on the the show as a caller was just everything is beautiful (laughs) (laughs) for those for those words to be uttered in this city is uh is something else I, i know i know detroit fans can can certainly relate to uh, you know, like, it's just a it's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling when you're when you grow up with the Eagles and to see them win is very odd. It's like it's like wearing a sweater inside out to kind of feel success. So it's weird for Michigan fans watching that game. Of course, uh, seeing Tom Brady have the ball stripped by another Michigan man. Yeah, uh, how about close that? It out was uh, fascinating. It was that was that was very interesting, especially you know a guy who 
who, who I, I would argue, you know, Brendan Graham's had a wildly probably underappreciated career. Yeah. Um, just how, how, how great he's been um, as a staple on that line for, for the Eagles. Um, whereas, you know, obviously Brady has every possible um, mark of success. You know, he's just the, this iconic figure. So, yeah, I mean, that was a very interesting juxtaposition. I, I, I totally agree. Well, congratulations to the Eagles on the big Super well, Bowl win. Thank and you. Enjoy. <laughs> Well, let's get to uh, the meat and potatoes here, Michigan Hoops, as we uh, head into February and the stretch run. Uh, I think most Michigan fans, Brendan, would probably say pretty darn happy with the way the season's gone so far uh, this year. Uh, But if we have concerns in February, and there are some, free throw shooting has to be right there at the top of that list. It is going to bite us in the butt if we don't fix that, isn't it? It's bizarre at this point. I mean, they are, they're ranked. Last I checked, 342nd in the country in free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. They're just under 64% right now as a team. I mean, it is such a an outlier in in kind of the, the, the philosophy of beeline to have this weird black eye. You know, you're, you're used to rebounding, right? You're used to defensive issues. But, like, for free throw shooting, of all things, to be this team's hindrance is bizarre. And it's it's... It's very interesting in that this idea of what do you invest in, right, as a, as a team and as a coach? What do you value? Because for all this time that, that Michigan fans have, have bemoaned not having, you know, these hard-edged defensive players, um, well, now you have them in, in Xavier Simpson and Charles Matthews, and you're kind of seeing the flip side of, of you know you can't get everything at all times and so now you have these defensive players and they're also your the these these two kind of it's almost like a casualty of coincidence where that they're your two worst free throw shooters and like what, what do you do with that what do you value in the last five minutes of a game defense or foul shooting it's fascinating to watch unfold it's fascinating for me as an observer to unfold i'm sure it's excruciating for Michigan fans to observe. Well, it is. And when you think about Xavier Simpson <laughs> having the ball in his hand late in the game, I guess it's going to get to the point where Coach B is going to have to go with him or get him out of the game because they're going to follow him those every possession down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, that's the number one thing to watch when they're when they're in the, their next late-game situation is whether he just kind of pulls the cord and maybe goes with uh, Muhammad Ali Abdul-Rahman as the point guard. Um and then just puts an extra free throw shooter on on the floor. Um, but at this point, it's like I mean, this is an epidemic. Everyone, it's not sparing anyone. You know, that no one is shooting well from the foul line. I mean, it was it was bizarre to watch. Um, you know, Muhammad miss miss some shots. Um, but right now, like if you can get Duncan Robinson on the floor in the last minutes of the game, they have to get him on the floor, and they have to be drawing a place to get him the ball. Um, I believe he's 25 of 27 from the line this year. Um, career wise is, you know, he's probably the best guy on the team. Um, you know, a lot of it is also dialing things up to get the ball where it needs to go. And, and, you know, they tried that. And in the one situation he was called for, for a travel. I know Michigan fans were mad that there wasn't a foul called, but you know, he didn't need travel. So, you know, a lot of it is, is that too, is, is making sure that the, the right guys, are in the right position. We're going to watch that, of course, down the uh, stretch the next six games. It will be crucial. It always is. In other matters regarding this team, though, Brendan, you know, when the season started, most Michigan fans were just thrilled Mo Wagner was coming back. I think uh, at the end of the season, it, it just seemed like maybe he was going to uh, 
you know, go in the draft. You know, after watching him now this year, I don't think he's ready for the NBA after this year. Do you? I mean, you know, that's it's, it's a subjective question in the sense that it doesn't a lot of times it doesn't matter if a guy is quote unquote ready. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's if if it's time for him to go or if if the 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 circumstances call for you know what does another year give you? Um, though I think those are the bigger questions. Whether is this guy ready to step onto an NBA basketball court and play? Um, you know, if, if, if Mo is here for a fourth year, is, is he going to be the national player of the year? Is he going to be the big 10 player of the year? It's not a matter of, is, is he ready to contribute at the NBA level? It's, you know, he, he has spent three years in college. Um, I'm still not anticipating a fourth year from Mo Wagner. Um, you know, it's kind of, I, I think he's on the developmental track. It was good for him to come back this year. He's physically much better. Um, his rebounding uh, of late is very impressive. You know, he's just he's getting his hands on on, on boards that that he never got, and yeah, you know, there there is improvement. So there's money to be made. There's a career to be had. Um, if he want, I think if at this point, if he comes back for a fourth year at Michigan, it'll be because he wants to spend another year in college. I don't think it'll have anything to do with basketball. Big decisions for him, of course, uh, in the uh, the coming weeks and months. You wrote a great piece a couple of weeks ago uh, in the Athletic Detroit the underappreciated Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman. Mm-hmm. In many ways, Brendan, he, he really is the guts and glue of this team, though, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, for this guy to be at the stage that he's at in his career where he's at 1,000 career points, he's on pace right now to be to play, um, I think, like the third most games in program history. I don't think he's going to catch Jordan Morgan. Um, actually, I, I believe... If they go to the national championship game, <laughs> I think, and, and won the Big Ten, I think he would he would be the the all time games played uh, uh, guy. But um, you know he's he's done all these things. He's seen everything. He's done everything. He's been in these late game situations. And you saw, I mean, you saw him get his hands on that ball in in overtime, and go just decide I'm going to go win this game and and make that that basket. Um, it is it is a testament to, to his development. And, you know, I mean, Beeland's always relied on him. You know, if you look at his, the, the, how steady his minutes have been is, is pretty eye opening. I think when you, when you kind of take a step back and look at Abdur Rockman's career, you know, some guys have kind of been a little wayward here and there, or maybe, maybe John relies on them one day and, and doesn't the next, like Muhammad's just always been there basically since, really since Levert's injury. I mean, he's probably averaged over 30 minutes a game um, the first, since the first time that Levert hurt his foot. Um, you're right. I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of been the one constant in this thing. And I think I wrote in that story, he's kind of like the only tie that binds from, from that era to, to the current team. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's insanely valuable when, when you need a late pocket or when you need uh, two late free throws or you need a defensive stop. You know, he just doesn't, he doesn't flinch at times, and it's because he's been there. Well, you know, earlier this season you wrote a piece about how this Michigan team had to become Charles Matthews' team. I think the last time, uh, you Ron, we talked about that. He's such a mm-hmm. great talent, but that doesn't seem to have happened yet, Brendan. Right. Would you be expecting a little bit too much from him in that capacity? Yeah, I mean, it, I think I might have overestimated his. I don't, I don't want to say ability with the ball, but you know, his kind of his propensity to actually get the ball and create his own stuff. It's just not there yet. He, there are times where 
you know, he dribbles with his head down and he doesn't, he doesn't make the extra pass and he, he just kind of has um, both eyes set on, on the rim. And I, I don't know how much he kind of sees the game going on around him a lot. And, you know, part of that is he hasn't played um, a lot of basketball in the last two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs a lot of development and, He's there. You're, you're right. He's, he's a great, great talent. I think he's going to be a very good player. I think he is a good player. But his place in the offense right now is very kind of perplexing to watch sometimes. But it seems like he should be able to do stuff in the ball screen. And it seems like he should um, kind of be a guy that you can rely on, just put the ball in his hands and, and let him go to work. And sometimes it's there and sometimes it isn't. So, you know, to go back to the Mo conversation of, there were times earlier in this year where I wondered if, if Matthews, you know, could be a potential pro next year and, and look to leave. Um, I would say that Big Ten play has probably shown that there is a level of player development needed there that will take at least one more offseason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Well, the last time you and I uh, talked, we, we discussed the team's identity. A lot of people in December were saying, hey, what mm. is their identity? It's, it's not the usual good three-point shooting team Coach B puts out there, but a better defensive and rebounding team than we've seen in a while. Very poor from the stripe, which we've already talked about, but they are still winning, getting it done sort of however they have to. And I guess at this point, that's probably their identity, Brendan, is sort of get it done however you have to. Yeah, they find a way, don't they? The defense is, like, early in the year when they were playing, when they were home teams to, to you know, good defensive uh, field goal percentages and, holding the teams under their average, it was like, all right, is this kind of a, how much of this is a mirage and how much of this is real? You know, is this actually a good defensive team? And I didn't quite believe it, but I, I, this is a good defensive team. Like they, they can go and, and body up against teams. Um, you know, Northwestern isn't good, but I don't care. I mean, you hold any division one team under 50 points. That's pretty wild. Um, you, you hold Minnesota to 73 in overtime is, is pretty darn good. Um, you know, that Purdue game was ridiculous, but that was both ways. But they hold Rutgers over 50, I believe. Um, Maryland, I think they hold, held under 70. Uh, even that Michigan State game. You know, Michigan State's averaging probably 80-something a game. They hold them to 72 on their home court. Um, this is just a team that knows how to kind of – the value of, of possessions and the value of every defensive possession. You know, the – when this when Michigan was really good a couple of years ago, it was always don't just just get buckets and and make the other team kind of keep up with you. Well, it's not that now, and it's it it does speak to John's versatility as a coach, um, where people kind of want to pigeonhole him. And I when, when I got here um, five years ago, I was as guilty of this as as anyone. But people kind of want to pigeonhole him as a offensive coach or a guy who coaches the one three one or a guy who does this, a guy who does that. I mean, he coaches to his personnel as well as anyone that you will find. And as he has grown more comfortable, I think, with what this team is, is when you've seen this group kind of develop into a team that can win games. So that's what you're seeing now, I think. With us here on our game day segment this week, as we uh, talk Michigan hoops, is the outstanding writer from The Athletic Detroit, Brendan Quinn. You know, Brendan, uh, I was watching the game on Saturday, and the Fox crew was saying four teams from the Big Ten they thought were pretty much a lock for the NCAA. It was Purdue, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan. But, you know, with six games left, four of those on the road for Michigan, I thought that was jumping the gun. How about you? 
in terms of Michigan as a as a surefire NCAA team? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the amount of 50-50 games that, that close out the schedule, you know, things, crazier things have happened than than this, than seeing, you know, a, a, this, this Michigan team um, put itself in trouble. Like, that's happened before. Mo, Mo Wagner himself um, pointed out that his, his freshman year, at one point they were 19 and seven and nine and four mm-hmm. in the big 10. And they were coming off a win over Purdue. And it was, it was without a doubt. Of course they were going to be in the tournament. It was a question of what their seed was going to be, but then they went and lost four of their last five. And they lost to like, I think it was a bad, it was a bad loss at Ohio state. Um, you know, there were no, it wasn't, it, they weren't quote unquote good losses. Uh, I know there were the number on the road, if I remember correctly, but they lost four of their last five and suddenly they were 20 and 11 and 10 and eight going into the big 10 tournament and probably on the wrong side of the bubble. Um, you know, that was the year that, that rainbow from Cam Chapman from the corner basically put them in the tournament. And that was in the second round of the big 10 tournament. So um, yeah, I mean, when you look at the rest of the schedule, um, I'm not saying they will, but they certainly could lose at Wisconsin, they never play well there. No. They could lose at Northwestern. It's a road game. They could lose to Ohio State. They've already lost to them. They could lose at Penn State. Penn State's a good team. And they could lose at Maryland because Maryland's a decent team. And that's a hard place to play. Like, if if you take off the who's better than who and just realize that on any given day, blah, 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 cliches, yeah, they, they could certainly lose um, whatever five of their last seven or something like that and be – in, be in serious trouble. Yesterday's win, I'm sorry, I guess it was two days ago now, over Minnesota, it does kind of show that maybe this team wins the 50-50 games, right? Um, mm-hmm. that, that, that they do kind of have, they, they do have that in them to find a way in the last five minutes of games. Well, I know this season is uh, condensed because we have uh, played the Big Ten tournament a week earlier this year because it's in New York at Madison Square Garden. But do you think that's a, a negative for Big Ten teams having to sit around an entire week after the tournament before the NCAA gets started? I honestly think it's going to be one of those things that people make it whatever they want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll it'll be the, the team that loses early, you know, say a team like Michigan State um, or Purdue goes there and loses in the second game. People will say it was because they, they, they got rusty because they had a week off the court. And if a team like Michigan or like Penn State goes and wins the Big Ten tournament, it'll be because they had a week to get ready for it. You know, it's, yeah. I'm not sure. And, and I don't think there's going to be any, any unifying theory that all 14 teams will be able to um, be tied to. It, it'll, you know, the teams that need to get healthy, it'll be an enormous advantage. Um, and teams that are overworked, it'll be, it'll be an advantage. And teams that are hot and wanting to play, yeah, that's not, it's not ideal at all. So, you know, I mean, Michigan last year is a great example. Um, they went into that tournament white hot. And the last thing that Beeline would have wanted is a week off the court. Um, you know, they were so hot that uh, they were in a plane crash and they still went and won the damn thing. So, <laughs> you know, like in those instances, it'll be, it'll be really hard to, to say, you know, what, what is, what is good for, for who it'll be completely individually based. Well, there's still a lot to be decided. Of course, this month, uh, the final six games for most of the teams leading up to the big 10 tournament, but as things stand right now here in the first week of February, Brendan, how many big 10 teams do you think have a chance of making it into the tournament? 
have a chance of making it, I think, you know, in best case scenario would be six, maybe best case, like best, best case scenario. So your obvious four that you already mentioned. And then if Nebraska finishes strong, that could be five. And then you would hope from either Penn state or Maryland, one of those two get hot um, down the stretch win a couple games, you know, maybe get to the Big Ten title game, kind of similarly to that year that I just referenced that Michigan did, you know, they put something like that together and and get in. I'm going to guess five. I'm going to guess the four that that we're talking about, plus either Nebraska, Northwestern, or Maryland. I got to figure one, you know, someone's got to win games. One of those, at least, will will put it together and, and maybe find a way down the stretch here so that that's probably the safest bet well you get to see a lot of hoops of course um, covering michigan and michigan state uh, for the athletic detroit i watch as much as i can possibly fit into my schedule this time of the year <laughs> but we've been hearing so often i mean since december uh, since the uh, the big 10 uh, acc showdown that it's a down year for the big 10 it's top heavy but you know watching games in january and february i have seen so many nail biters I haven't seen an easy game that any Big Ten team plays, especially on the road. Do you really think it's a down year for the conference? Well, I mean, I I, I do think talent-wise, overall talent, I do think the league is down right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just as a whole. Um, I mean, like, Indiana doesn't have the players that it usually has. Maryland doesn't have the players usually has. Wisconsin, Iowa, like, these are teams that usually have a certain caliber of player that they just don't have right now. Um, yes, the games are competitive. Um, and yes, there are two legitimate national title contenders in the league, but overall, um, I don't know if it speaks to recruiting. I don't know if it's just a total fluke. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that, that in its entirety, um, the league is just a step back from where it typically is. Well, as always, the uh, the stretch run of February is going to be uh, exciting. I look forward to following our guest today and his excellent work in the Athletic Detroit as we enjoy these final weeks of the regular season. So thanks to Brendan Quinn for joining us this week. And uh, Brendan, we look forward to having you back soon. Mike, always appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, as I mentioned at the top of the show, next week we'll wrap up the class of 2018 for football and see what's happening with 2019. Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports will be with us on our monthly recruiting roundup, so make sure you join us for that. In other news, the number 13-ranked University of Michigan women's basketball team closed within a point, 48-47, with 6.44 left in the game, but Rutgers banked in a three-pointer on its next possession to regain control, defeating the Wolverines 63-56 on Sunday afternoon in Jersey. Senior Caitlin Flaherty scored a game-high 19 points, on 7 of 15 shooting, while freshman Haley Brown had 15, 5 boards, and 5 assists. Junior Hallie Tome rounded out Michigan's double-figure scorers, turning in 12 points and 6 boards in 39 minutes of action. Michigan shot 44% 
22-50 for 50 from the floor and out-rebounded Rutgers 33-26, but was done in by 26 turnovers that led to 29 points for the Scarlet Knights. The Wolverines are 19-6 overall, 8-4 in the Big Ten, and will be back in action at home on Thursday when we host Northwestern at 7 p.m. The number 20-ranked University of Michigan hockey team could not climb out of an early deficit, snapping a three-match home win streak, and settled for a weekend split following a 4-2 loss to number 18 Wisconsin at Red Berenson Rink at Yost Ice Arena on Saturday. Michigan won the Friday night contest to split the series. This week, they travel to East Lansing to play Michigan State on Friday, and then on Saturday, they will meet the Spartans again at the LCA. Michigan 13-13-2 overall, 8-10-2 in Big Ten play. Wrestling beat number 15 Nebraska 24-10 at home on Friday. This week is huge. On Friday, Michigan State pays a visit to Cliff Keene Arena, and then on Sunday, the Buckeyes come to town for a huge meet. Michigan is 8-2 overall, 6-1 in the Big Ten, heading into this very important weekend. Number 14 softball gets their season underway on Friday in Tampa at the Wilson D. Marini Tournament. They will take on UAB and Georgia State on Friday. On Saturday, they'll do battle with Powerhouse Florida and South Florida, then wrap it up on Sunday with an early morning game against Illinois State. Baseball will get things going next weekend in St. Petersburg, Florida, when they play a four-game set against Army. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and Twitter, at The Michigan Man. If you get the show from iTunes, take a minute to rate or comment on the program. And thank you in advance. That will do it for this week. Next week, Steve Lorenz will be back for our February recruiting roundup, so make sure you join us for that. Until then, have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!